Hi, guys, and welcome to the Healthified Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McLaughlin, holistic health coach, writer, and wellness entrepreneur who has for over 15 years delved deeply into my passions of nutrition and health. Before we get started, this episode of Healthified is brought to you by Gratified, a natural foods company I launched in order to make a more impactful change in the packaged food space. We have an exciting new product, our Empower Bar Baking Mix, which provides you the ability to make your own healthy nutrition bars at home. It's super easy and convenient with minimal ingredients. Ditch the traditional bars on the market that are loaded with sugar, unhealthy fats, and other inflammatory ingredients. Take back control of your health and blood sugar with our Empower Bar Baking Mix. All of our products are made with real food ingredients and blood sugar balance in mind. For a discount off of our products, visit gratified.com and use the promo code healthified at checkout. Today's guest is fitness studio owner, Katie Dale. On her second career path, Katie is a fitness lover turned fitness professional, passionate about helping others find the best workout for their body, mind, and lifestyle. Previously a medical illustrator, she's now the owner founder of High Low Charlottesville a machine Pilates studio with an emphasis on strength training. The workouts are for every person at every stage of fitness and recovery. It's the high intensity, low impact modality that she found while healing from a back injury and supported a healthier mindset around fitness and movement in general. Katie is also a lover of many other methods of movement, food, and dogs. In our conversation, we discuss how a back injury put a halt to her fitness routine and how she navigated the mental and physical struggles that went along with it, why she believes low impact and functional movement are important for our physical health, the fear she had to overcome in order to start a business, and the mindset shifts she adopted to make it possible, the mentality to prevent attachment to outcomes and analysis paralysis, no matter the goal. Let's head to our chat. Hi, Katie. Hello. I am so excited about this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the Healthified podcast. Absolutely. I'm super excited. So for those of you listening, this is Katie Dale. She is the owner founder of High Low Charlottesville, which is a machine Pilates studio with an emphasis on strength training. And I've interviewed someone else on Pilates before, but I'm so excited to kind of dive deeper into that form of movement because it's not something that I know too much about. Um, and so I always like to ask and have, you know, pick the brain of a professional. So with that, if you could just kick us off and tell us about your story background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am from Atlanta originally. Um, I made my way up, uh, to Virginia out of grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Richmond for my first job, which is actually where I met you. I think like through the um, Lululemon community. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, like yeah. Lululemon and Humble Haven. Yeah. So yes. I was in Richmond at the time. And I was, um, I'm trained as a medical illustrator. So I have, um, a background in both art and like a little bit of, um, med mm-hmm. training. Um, And I only did that for a short time before I got a little bit more immersed into like the fitness community in Richmond. Um, I have, uh, my most original fitness love was CrossFit. Um, so I, (laughs) I can't wait to get more into that, but yes, keep going. Yeah. Hard, hard turn. I mean, like I got, there's such an emphasis on community. Like I just like got really immersed into it and really that was my first fitness Mm -hmm. passion, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up playing sports and running and that type of thing, but this was like a more like my first like niche 
fitness passion. Mm -hmm. Um, Through that, I met a ton of people who um, worked at Lululemon. And so I eventually pivoted and started working at Lululemon and continued on like just being um, in the fitness community in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But that also gave me the exposure to a lot of different types of movement. Um, If you don't know this about Lululemon, they do provide a really great uh, benefit to their employee, which helps cover expenses of workouts. Yes. So I had never had anything like that before. So I was exposed to so many different types of movements, um, like hot. Yeah. I did hot yoga for the first time and loved it. I was doing spin and like that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I suffered a very bad back injury when I was about 26, like relatively young. I had a herniated disc and couldn't do a whole lot. I was recovering for quite a long time um, through decompression therapy with a chiropractor and um, physical therapy, that type of thing. But like being able to get back into any type of exercise routine, like the answer was not going back to CrossFit or running or like anything high impact. I was mm-hmm. going to bar actually. Mm-hmm. I started doing bar, um, some aerial yoga type of things like that are oh. a little bit restorative um, and really good for back decompression. And then uh, found a Legree studio, which is basically like a Pilates strength training type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Plank RBA. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. So it was really close to, sh- it's like, it was out in Innsbruck. I say was, cause they're no longer open post pandemic sadly, mm-hmm. but, um, I started going there and it is a super high intensity, but low impact workout. Mm-hmm. And so, so your body I- could handle it. Absolutely. And it was, it's so good for core strengthening. It was like everything that I needed to ramp back up my activity level in a safe way, um, Mm -hmm. for my, for my back. Um, and that is where I started teaching eventually Mm -hmm. and found like my love of that type of movement. Yeah. And I want to kind of go back to this, um, you know, pre post, back injury time in your life, because for someone, and I'm sure other people listening, um, this could be really helpful for people because you are just so immersed in the fitness industry. And I'm sure movement and exercise was such an important part of your life for both like physical and mental health. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like screech come to a stop. Like you have to kind of, um, basically change your daily life in that respect. So how did you navigate, like more of the mindset, mental struggles that come along with having to slow down. Um, and you know, just tell yourself that this is kind of, you know, short-term you'll get back at it, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. Um, and I'm glad that you touched on it because I think it's important to bring light to the fact that our mental health is so connected to our physical activity sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. during that time, I struggled through, uh, some of the lowest points mentally. Like I was in a very bad state of depression, mm. um, that I just was eyeball deep in before I realized what was happening. Um, it felt like the recovery was so long. It felt like it would never end. And I was just super discouraged. Um, and that just, and it is, something that just takes time, depending on what your injury is, some come and go 
more quickly than, than others. And, Mm -hmm. uh, back injuries just can kind of linger on for quite a long time. Um, so I really did struggle quite badly with, um, my mental health, my physical, like image of myself being so attached to what I looked like. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I had gained weight when my activity level, um, was less than it used to be. I mean, I went from, I don't know, like CrossFit six days a week to yeah, like being able to go on a walk, maybe like, yeah. So that was really tough. And I had to just do more mental work than physical work to be like, okay, like I need to accept my body the way that it is. I need to love my body for what it does for me instead of like how many, you know, pushups I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it started just with like a little bit more of like a mental acceptance more than anything. And just saying like, okay, like if I can move my body just in a little bit today, then that's what it is today. And mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be more tomorrow and more the next day and more the next day and like not get too discouraged. Um, but do it finding things that worked and it wasn't going to be running and it wasn't going to be CrossFit. It was going to be going to a bar class and it was going to be going to, um, eventually hot yoga and like that mm-hmm. type of thing. I was eventually able to like move my spine in, in the ways that you need to in yoga as well. Yeah. So, um, to be clear, you were saying that you were kind of struggling mentally after the fact of the back injury, not kind of simultaneously, correct. In terms it was of like, like during, during recovery. During. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So how long did it take you to kind of really fully grasp this mental acceptance after your injury? Oh, many months, mm. many months. I think at, there was like a day where I realized I was like, I don't even want to do like simple self-care things right now. Mm. Like I'm so like low. I don't even want to, you know, did you have awareness and consciousness when you were kind of in this state or is this something more of like from a hindsight perspective, you can look back and be like, okay, I was like really struggling, but eventually I found my way out. It's mostly hindsight, Mm -hmm. mostly Mm -hmm. hindsight. So what advice would you give for people that are listening that that's kind of resonating, um, for, and you know, physical injury and just anyone really going through a mental health struggle that feels as if they're in such a place that they can't even prioritize self-care. What would you tell somebody? Oof, it's tough. I mean, some of that stuff is going to be different for everybody. And like, what was super helpful for me was to reach out to other people Mm. and do activity, like to be like, I know that I have a friend who will go to bar with me, Mm -hmm. or I know I have a friend who will go on a walk with me. Like, even though it's not necessarily like, you know, their workout or whatever, just like reaching out to somebody um, Mm -hmm. and having like a little bit of like, community and camaraderie in that. Um, yeah. yeah. And it gives you also accountability to be like, I'm going to go to that, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that really resonates with me personally, because I know that, you know, in looking back, especially in my twenties, when I was really struggling with mental health, um, it's my natural tendency to become super introverted and like not reach out to people Mm -hmm. when like knowing that about myself now, I would definitely take the steps to, um, not do what I did in my twenties, because I think that what you really need is connection and Mm -hmm. other people, um, professional help, obviously if, um, 
you know, that's in your wheelhouse, but yeah, I think that that's really important for people to hear because, um, you know, it's just like what you said too, about just like the lack of self-care and it's like, what you really need is the self-care, especially in a a chapter like that. But it's so hard to see that when you're so deeply in it. Um, so that's a very important point. And I think just like putting words to it and just Mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying and saying like, oof, I know that I'm having a hard time right now because this isn't my normal activity level or I can't do the things that I really love. Um, but like, and, or just being aware that like, you've put a lot of identity into that one thing. Um, for me, it was like high intensity workouts like that. I had so much of my identity wrapped up into that. And Mm -hmm. like, there's so many other parts of me. And that was like my challenge to be like, let me explore these other parts of me. Yeah. And like what uh, other things that I love, which community. Yeah. You know. And that's such a good mindset shift tip for people because it almost kind of brought um it almost put it in a more positive light. Like, okay, I can't, yes, I've been very attached to this side of me, but like let me use this time in looking at it through more of like a curious lens to explore these other parts, knowing that like you know, down the road, I can always come back to this, you know, when I'm physically, emotionally, mentally able, but like, okay, it just almost puts it more into like an advantageous perspective. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like strengthening a different part of your self. Yeah. So what does your fitness look like now? I mean, obviously I know that you own a Pilates studio, but do you still do other forms that, you know, kind of, um, were such a big part of years past? Um, I do a mix. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a variety is the spice of life mm, kind of gal when it comes mm-hmm. to my fitness. Um, I used to be just like I said, like really into like one thing at a time. Um, and now I definitely mix it up. I do not do anything high impact anymore. Mm. I that's just going to be like probably my journey forever. I like call myself the low impact queen of Charlottesville, like <laughs> obviously. I love but it. I literally know at this point that like how to modify anything um, for myself. I always want to keep um, things low impact. Um, mm-hmm. So I do that. Um, I obviously own the Pilates studio and I do that. And I still frequent hot yoga. And yes. the other thing that I love, love, love to do is box. Mm, cool. I don't know anything about boxing. How did you discover that? Um, I, how did I discover that? I'm like trying to think when the first time I went to like a boxing class was, um, I'm trying to think. Is there a studio I've in Richmond? I've gone to a lot of different places like over the years, but I yeah. think when I moved to Charlottesville, um, I taught at a studio called M3 and that was a mega former studio in town. And I eventually taught there. I taught there for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And they also closed during pandemic times. Um, but they used to have um, their whole thing was also like different modalities that were like, um, high intensity, but lower on the impact. So they had mega former rowing. And at the time they also had like some boxing classes. So I started going to boxing classes there. And then during the pandemic, I would meet with, um, the boxing coach there. Um, his name's Jojo. 
shout out Haybud. Um, <laughs> we would have like, you know, one, uh, we did like one-on-one. He runs uh, a rock study, which is a nonprofit organization that does boxing for Parkinson's, Parkinson's patients, like wow. other disorders, because that type of thing is like so good um, for like slowing down the progression of those types of movement disorders. Got it. Oh, that's so interesting. That was a long-winded answer, but I got into it, like, I guess with him. Yeah. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about low impact and why it's important. Because when you say you only do low impact, I'm like, same. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to someone yesterday, actually, um, and she was going to Orange Theory. Um, and humble Haven, my, my hot yoga studio that I go to is right next door. And I was telling her that like, you know, when I'm going into my yoga studio with my yoga mat, my flip-flops and, um, I see people walking into orange theory. I'm like, I'm Mm -hmm. so glad I'm not you. And I, and I get that. (laughs) I get that everyone, you know, everyone has their own thing about what works for them, but Mm -hmm. I've done orange theory in the past. I think for me personally, Yes. Higher impact. Definitely. I feel my lower back issues, um, more prominently when I do that form of exercise, but also like, I feel as if for me and my cortisol levels, um, that type of exercise almost exacerbates the type of like physical stress that my body is under. And kind of like, I feel as if I actually get more, I notice more like hormonal imbalance when I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so interesting. People- And so people turn to that form of exercise because they feel like that's what they need when they're specially very tied to this, like calories in calories out for weight management. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk more about low impact and why that's important for our bodies. Yeah. I also have, I mean, like I've gone to orange theory a number of times, but I also can make that low impact for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I, instead of, there's also a treadmill studio here that I go to sometimes it's called formula and I but I am not a runner. I don't run anymore. So I'm power walking on my incline, like ramp up the intensity. Like when they're increasing speed, I'm increasing incline. I'm still, I'm like activating my posterior chain more, like involved, which is great for like, no shame in the modifying game. That's what I say. It's the best. And I can get my heart rate up power Mm -hmm. walking on incline. Like absolutely. So I have no problem with like going like those studios going to them myself I just like change it to work for me and I think that a lot of people are like well a lot of people don't have injuries and they can kind of do whatever Mm -hmm. and that's great and a lot of people are like too nervous to do something that's different than the majority of the group or to talk to their instructor beforehand and say like hey I have this going on like can you adjust something for me like Mm -hmm. most trainers are like perfectly equipped to adjust anything for someone with a different need. Like that's what we're there for. Mm -hmm. So it's like so important also to just like touch base with your instructor and say like, Hey, have this going on. Like, what do I need to do differently today? It's like, but Mm -hmm. we have this like, uh, group mentality or like herd mentality of like, I don't want to do the same thing that the group's doing. I don't want to be doing something different. Yeah. And I just like, as I've gotten older, like, I just like, couldn't care less about yeah, doing yeah. And I used to be that way too. Yes. I used to sure. be that way for sure. And yeah, sure. having been like a former owner of a studio, especially when you're in class, it's like almost as if, you know, you have to be this like model when I'm like, I just really don't want to hold this plank this long. And so now like I'll, 
you know, put myself in child's pose and that's okay. And if people notice, like they don't really care, but even if they do, it's like, okay, okay you hold your plank. I'm just going to sit here. But anyway, yeah, yes. I think it's like a great example that like, okay, you don't have to do the same exact thing. Yes. I can mm-hmm. make it, I can make it work for me. Um, I mean, the whole, I mean, part of the philosophy at like my studio is that like, you want to stay in the work as long as you can, mm-hmm. what that means. So like modifying before like having to rest completely, like if you push too far and try and do like the amplified version, but then end up having to rest half the time, that's not as good as having modified and staying in it the entire time. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. So that you get that just like extended time under tension, like you want to stay quote unquote in the work as long as you can. Yeah. And that's I love that. adjusting as you go. Yes. Very cool. I'm going to use that cool. one in my classes. That's a yeah. really good point. Yeah. It's, that is just a lot. And that's like a lot of the work is being like, okay, I know I can stay in this longer if I do mm-hmm. it this way, if mm-hmm. I come down to my knees or mm-hmm. scale back my range of motion or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like got way off topic somehow. We were supposed to talk about like, (laughs) yeah, no, I love it. Sometimes it just flows and we go on these little (laughs) tangents and that's okay. I love it. And there's always these little nuggets that are just as valuable, but yes, I'm just the low impact and why that's, you know, kind of important um, for Um, our physical bodies. Yeah. And like, for me, it's just like for longevity of being able to move, Mm. like keeping your joints safe and healthy creates a creates a situation in which you can stay moving for much longer Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah so that to me that's what it's like about longevity of like how long I can how many years down the line I'm going to be able to um, move and exercise and like move my physical body in a way that's good for my health Yeah. So I'd be curious to kind of hear your thoughts on, you know, sometimes when I listen to other people in the fitness world, um, talk about, you know, as human beings, a, we're meant to move every single day, but B we're also meant to kind of lift heavy things, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to really oversimplify it. Like that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. like you have to do like hit five times a week. That just means like lift heavy things. So what are your thoughts on that? in especially navigating, having navigated an injury, but also wanting to maintain low impact. Like, do you still do, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's part of, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I still weight lift. Um, I do have that like similar, I do somewhat have that philosophy of like, I should still be able to like move things around. Mm. Um, but like more in a context of like, okay, what's functional. Am Mm. I probably going to have to lift 300 pounds off the ground? Probably not. But like, should I be able to lift a box over my head and like put it somewhere or, you know what I mean? Like something that's like functional, like day-to-day function in a way that I can do it uh, in like a good, in like good form. Like, can I keep like my core connected and like lift something safely overhead, move things around? Like, can I squat down and pick something off the ground? Like, so thinking about like more functional movement patterns, I guess, um, more of my, um, philosophy and like train of thought. So like, I do think weight training and that's why like my, workout at high low is more like strength training 
Like you're, we're yeah. moving a little bit more linearly. We are definitely like building muscle mm-hmm. and like moving weight around on this machine. Um, so it's still definitely geared towards the strength training component. Yeah. Um, and I do still like, I go to the gym and like sometimes lift weights. Like I, um, post back injury, learned how to go to a gym and lift weights. Cause I didn't know I had a CrossFit background. So I knew how to pick up barbells and kettlebells and that type of thing. But I had never gone to a gym and been like, how do we use this rear delt machine? <laughs> like, yeah. <I've> never done <laughs> that. So I actually like took a weight training class. Oh, that's so like, good. Like, Cause it could be intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be able to go into a gym and like know how to use like machines and stuff. And it sounds so stupid, but I had never done that. I had like thrown around weight in a CrossFit gym, but like never been like, Oh, here's a single leg hamstring curl machine. I didn't know what to do with it. So I did learn those skills. And so sometimes when I want to just kind of go to the gym on my own time and kind of do my own thing, I definitely do that. And I mean, you made such a beautiful point of, you know, when you talk about like what is functional and almost shifting the perspective to, um, maneuvering daily life. Like, and I think about that all the time, um, with my son who is now like 25 pounds plus, and I am like constantly picking him up and I'm on the floor with him. And like, I'm just every day. I'm like, I'm so grateful. I have my physical health and it's something Mm. that I do prioritize. Um, and you know, absolutely no judgment, but it's just like, I can't imagine, you know, doing this when like, you know, if, if you don't take care of your body, um, and I understand like individual circumstances, so I don't want to like put that judgment lens on it, but I'm just like, it just gives a whole different reason why. And to just be like, yes, if I need to just like quickly pick him up and like save him from something dangerous or something like I have the physical strength to be able to do that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, so shifting gears more to your, um, studio, can you remember the moment when you were like, I want to open a studio and what was that like? Um, gosh, it's been like a really like a long time coming over the years. I thought, you know, like maybe one day I would like to have a studio. I enjoy teaching so much and I enjoy being, being part of and building community Mm -hmm. in this way. Like it's always something that I've loved and it also always felt like so far off. Like it's something I would love to do. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it. Um, like I don't know if you know this about me, but like, I, you probably do. I'm single. Like mm-hmm. I have, it's just me. Like I don't have a spouse to have like an income. If something goes awry, like right. it's, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like something that always like, for that reason, it felt like a financial barrier of like, I'll never be able to take on that type of risk because mm-hmm. I don't have the safety net. Like, Mm -hmm. and there's, and like nothing, like, no, like, it's still a huge endeavor to open a business, no matter what your like situation is, Mm -hmm. like whether you have a spouse or like a partner or like, or a business partner where you're kind of like splitting the risk, like it's a huge endeavor to like start a business from nothing. Absolutely. So I say that just to say, like, it always felt so far off and like it, eh, maybe I'll do it one day, maybe I won't. And I've always, I've been teaching for other people and other studios for many, many years at this point. And, um, there was a point where I was just like, 
gosh, if I'm going to kind of work this hard on my side hustle, I wish it was mine. I wish I was like building something that belonged to me. Mm. And during the pandemic, unfortunately, so many small locally owned studios closed like out of just a bad circumstance. And the studio that I worked at, it was called M3, um, closed. And I just had like such a uh, it was just sad. I like yeah. wasn't teaching. in the meantime, I actually, I did teach at another studio. It was a more traditional Pilates studio. That's I highly recommend if someone's looking for that, they're awesome, but it wasn't like the style of workout that I really liked. The intensity level was not necessarily like what, like the method and the vibe just wasn't what I was used to. And like, I still felt like I was missing out on something. Um, that used to make me super duper happy. Yeah. Um, and I just had so many clients approach me. I was still working at Lululemon at the time. I had so many clients say like, do you know if any new studio is going to open? Are you going to mm. open a studio? I was like, I don't, not anytime soon. I don't know. It was still like prime COVID time. You know, I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah. but I had enough people approach me that I was like, well, you know, maybe I, maybe I could, this community is like really like shouting out that they want this type of workout that they need their like low impact, high intensity outlet. And so I started just like, I was like, well, it it was one little bit at a time, Sarah. Like I one day thought, I wonder what spaces are going for right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe like, maybe I could get a good deal. I don't know. I start looking at prices of studios and I said like, okay, well that's about the range. Like I started thinking about it more in depth and I said, well, I wonder wonder where I could get machines from. I wonder, like, it was just one little thing at a time until I reached this like point of no return yeah. where I was like, I like need money now. Like I need, <laughs> I like, I have the space, I have this lined up, I have this lined up and it was like the stars aligned. So at one point it felt so far off. And then at one point it was just like, right smack mm-hmm. dab in front of my face. And I was like, well, I guess tomorrow I own a Pilates studio. And I think that is so important for people to hear, especially if they're kind of in your shoes, the way, um, that you were kind of thinking that it was so far off. And I remember having that same exact mentality when we were starting gratified and, you know, so many people let those very fearful thoughts of more in the long run, get in the way for the barrier. Now it's like mm-hmm. all the fears come up before you've even started. Before you even do I, anything. Yeah. And I feel as if, if you can have that mentality of, um, and I actually, uh, got this from Suzanne of humble Haven. And this mm-hmm. is kind of like a yogic, yes, um, mentality. It's like, okay, well, what's the next thing. And then like, what's the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just these little baby steps. Little Yeah. And things can kind of like naturally start to flow and fall into place. And I remember feeling that way with gratified over three years ago. And it was just like, all these pieces just started to come together. And I remember the shift that I had to take because that's not the way that my mind naturally works. Like I always tend to kind of think like more in the longer term, like with this big goal. And then it just becomes so overwhelming Mm -hmm. that there's analysis paralysis. But then I was like, I'm going to do this differently more different than I've done anything in my life. And I'm just going to say like, okay, what's this next thing that I need to do today? And then what do I need to do tomorrow? And then it's kind of like what you were saying, you were just like, okay, I need to like research machines and I need to look at spaces. And then, um, so that is, that is such a great point. And I, I think so great for other people to hear as well. 
I'm so glad that you, you threw in that nugget of just like the moment you have like a mind shift Mm -hmm. because I remember mine too. I'm very, like you said, you're very much ahead. I am a plan. A is the only plan Mm -hmm. person. You know Mm -hmm. how many times I had to pivot to plan B a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. And Mm -hmm. I had to be like, okay, like I can't be so attached to how exactly how I thought it was going to play out every step of the way. Like, that's okay. Like I definitely had to take that mind shift. And that was mine was that like planning is not the only plan we get to have, we get to have some other possibilities out in the scope, um, and have those in our, in our vision. Yes. So that was, that was my major shift that I had to get around. And yeah. that's not to say I just was like, oh, one little thing today. And it, it's not hard. Right. I was up very late, many nights working on business plans, working on proposals. But like, but it was like my one thing that I had to get done that day. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. said, it was like, okay, what has to be done today? Yeah. And, you know, same in terms of being so attached to a certain way of doing things. And, um, I am not before gratified. uh, I would argue that I've gratified and being an entrepreneur has been my biggest teacher and active meditation, but it was like, I was always, um, not very flexible and nimble. And, um, that's why I think, you know, getting into this work, um, and I call it work because it's both like life work and, building a business work. Mm -hmm. Like it it just has taught me so much about myself, the way that my mind works. What is my, what are my biggest barriers that get me that get in the way from doing the next thing and growth? Um, and then consciously and with empowerment, making a different decision and knowing that like, okay, maybe the former ways that I used to do things aren't serving me and my higher self, right. Or my higher yeah. path. So I'm going to do things differently and I'm just going to like be curious and do just like a self-experiment and to see if this works, I'll try this on. If it doesn't work, then I'll know that I can just, you know, make another plan. Yeah. Basically like detach from the outcome. Yeah. And just yeah. like do it for the experience. Yes. 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 Yeah. A friend of mine, when you said something, you were like, I need to be more like nimble. It's like, oh, me and my friend call that being riverly. Like you want to flow like the water. Mm, so I we call that. it going to be riverly about it. <laughs> That's how yes. we say it. Yeah. And I, sometimes, um, I talk about this in one of my online courses sometimes, like if I ever like need to just get a little bit more present with the process, I just mentally put myself in an inner tube in a river and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just floating. I'm just floating. Um, but my life coach actually said something to me, um, when the pandemic was kind of, um, starting and we were talking about pivot, right. Because a lot of people Uh did have to pivot. And of course my mind wanted to attach to this certain way that we were going to pivot. And she was like, (laughs) she, she was like, think about a football player, right? Like a football player on like the 50 yard line doesn't really like have a set plan of what he's going to do on the 20 yard line. Right. He just knows that he's like in the present, he's in his physical body, he's moving down the field. And then when he gets to that point, then he pivots, but he's not like over analyzing the pivot. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like the biggest game changer. I love that. Yeah. Um, so 
first of all, I have to acknowledge you and the fact that you opened this business, um, you know, with the pandemic being a thing. Oh because, yeah, that was the thing too. That yeah. Was component too, wasn't it? So how did you kind of, um, you mentioned kind of like the financial fears of doing it. Were there any sure. other fears and like, then what did you kind of have to like tell yourself in that moment to overcome them? Great question. Um, yes, of course. So I opened last, the very end of last June. Um, so it was still like definitely an unknown landscape in terms yeah. of COVID. Like so June, I had, 2021. Yes. Yes. Okay. So a time I had watched, I mean, I just like had this hope that things were going to be on the up and up, but like an underlying, like no one knows we have no idea. Like I could open this business and be told to shut down two months after or scale back to a different capacity or something. Um, I'm very logical. I don't do things on a whim very much. I'm very planned. Like I said, just planned plan a kind of gal. Like mm-hmm. I definitely navigate that way. Um, so I definitely thought I just like took a logical approach to it. Honestly, I was like, okay, how can I make myself feel, um, brave and confident moving forward? If I know that my business plan works at a very small number, mm-hmm. I have room to grow, mm-hmm. but if I cannot grow for quite some time, I know that I will still be in the clear and like, fine. So taking into account at the time, Virginia had spacing regulations of in an exercise space indoors, it was a 10 foot spacing. Mm-hmm. So as I'm like, um, planning out my space and that type of thing, like I basically just said like, okay, this is how far they're going to need to be spaced out. This is my capacity. This is how many machines I can have. Mm-hmm. And I said like, okay, do the numbers work that way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they do great. And then I can go, and then that's, it can only go, it hopefully can only improve from there. So like, I really just, it came down to numbers and like projections in that way, like just in saying like, and being okay with, okay, if it doesn't take, take off and I don't grow really quickly or like grow at a normal rate for a while. And I stay small for a long time. Am I fine with that? Yes, Mm. I am. I'm fine with that. Great. Okay, perfect. Let's press on then. Mm-hmm. you know? And then of course I had, um, backup plans. I had worked at a number of studios during the pandemic where I said like, okay, like I know how to do virtual options. I know how to like provide that and like make ends meet if I need to. Yes. And that is so amazing because, you know, two things about all that you just said is that, you know, you got really real and this is, um, again, i quote my life coach a lot in these conversations, but she always said, she always, she's she's amazing. Um, she says like, what's fact and what's fear. And I feel like that's kind of what you did is that like, okay, you had these really fearful thoughts, but then you got really real with actually like, what were the facts? And then you kind of engaged in this like self-inquiry process where you just like asked yourself these questions and you got really real with your truths and like, you know, it clearly things like worked out in your favor and, um, it ended up being possible to open. So that's, that's awesome. Um, and I know you have to hop off soon, so I want to respect your time, but a couple more questions for you before we hop off. Um, so you, you say on your website and stuff, and just like about your studio that like, 
what you do in high low is very hard, right? Like why is it hard and why is it so strength building? (laughs) Um, okay. So it's very hard on, in like two, in, I would say two different respects. Physically, it's a challenging workout. Mm-hmm. Like, because it is low impact does not mean it's easy. I have people come in and say, this is the hardest workout I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Like physically it's hard. Your muscles are doing work and under tension for longer periods of time. Like we're mm-hmm. trying to reach like a level of muscle fatigue in a way over longer periods of very slow, very controlled movement. So you're recruiting stabilizers that you don't use all the time and like that type of thing. So physically it's hard. Yeah. It's 50 minutes and you're working, um, mentally hard also. So like you're telling your body to do something Mm -hmm. and stay under control and move slow for longer than you might otherwise. So in like, you know, a circuit training where you're moving at whatever pace you want to, you're trying to get a lot of reps or whatever you're trying to move as slowly and as controlled as you can at all times. And that takes some mental fortitude Yeah, to say like, I'm going to hold this plank for however long until she says to stop and to like separate from your mind saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Right. Yes. (laughs) So mentally quite hard also to like stay in the work for that amount of time and to stay controlled and slow that amount of time is not yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, and I, and I say this a lot in my bar classes where, you know, I encourage people to get out of their minds and into their physical body, but it also ironically at the same time you have to have a certain level of mind-body connection in order to stay in that work. Uh, oh, like yeah. you have to actually so Yes, for sure. So definitely like a whole body experience. Yeah. Um okay, so before I move on to my last question, sure. um, where where can people find you? Oh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, online, our website is highlowcharlottesville.com. Mm-hmm. And high low is like a tricky spelling. It's H-I for standing for high intensity. So just mm-hmm. an H and an I and then L-O-W, low. So highlowcharlottesville.com. Uh-huh. Um, and then we are also on Instagram at high underscore low Seville. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So find us on Instagram that way too. You'll see me on there mostly. I run our Instagram. So it's a lot of me content and um it's my great content. Brutal yeah. content. I love it. <laughs> um I was scouring it the other day and I was like, oh, this is very well done. Um thank you. So uh my last question is Katie, what is something you do every day to feel healthified? Ooh. What do I do every day? Or it doesn't have to be every day, but often. often. Yeah. Um, okay. So I try and do like smaller self-care acts, Mm, um, that that. make me feel like a little bit more like I'm loving on myself. Um, I, my current one right now is I'm doing gua sha on my face, you know, like a gua sha stone. Yeah. And just five minutes to do that in the morning is just like, to me, like loving on yourself and like, not to mention like there are health benefits to it and that's great. It's good for your skin. Great for your like circulation Mm -hmm. and like lymphatic drainage and all that stuff. And that's great. Yes. And it's like almost like the ritual of 
doing something nice for yourself in the morning or at the end of the day. Sometimes I lay in bed and do it to be quite honest. Um, I love it. But being like, I'll just take this five minutes to like love on myself. Yes. Um, so that's, a, that's really like the little self-care ditty that I'm doing right now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I will, you know, for people who haven't heard of a gua sha tool, I'll link one in the show notes. Um, <laughs> Dude, they're so good. They're so good. Yes. Um, love it. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so great. And I could talk to you for another hour, but, um, I will let Always you get happy on to do it again. You can do it yes. too. Good. Yes. And I definitely need to, uh, next time I'm in Charlottesville, I will come take a class. Oh, do that'll be so fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Katie. <gasps> right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthified podcast and hope you enjoyed this episode. If it resonated with you, please share it with a friend or rate and review the podcast, which helps us share the health with more people. For further learning, be sure to check out the linked resources in the show notes and you can connect with us on Instagram at Healthified and at Gratified. Until next time.